For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and more. We're also on Dash Radio. That's every single night. At 7 p.m., that's where you can get your heat fix. Download the Dash Radio app, search for Nothing But Net, and that's the channel to find us. Also, FiveReasonSports.com for all the latest from Brady Hawk, Josh Houts, and the rest of our writers with no paywall. And the Five Reasons YouTube channel as we speak. Royal Shepard is hosting the Post Up 5R show as he does after every single game. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We encourage you to sign up for Best Ever. That's BST evr.com bstevr.com this is where you can run simulations on just about anything in the nfl you want to see how your nfl team is going to do with some new players add those players to the team play them against last year's team and see how that goes you can play teams from different generations against each other you can swap out just about anybody and you can follow the stories that are on the site when you basically punch in the information they'll spit out an entire game story a box score and all that good stuff and just tell you how it went so it's a great place to settle arguments and it's free bstevr.com they're going to be adding their nba platform shortly so be on the lookout for that we're going to be using that quite a bit here on five on the floor and also on our youtube channel so go to bstevr.com nothing to lose you got five minutes play around with it see if you like it and now tonight's episode one two three four five on the floor Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor after a very disappointing performance for the Miami Heat. Alex Toledo is there at the arena right now. Got to witness this thing in person. He got to see 23 points from Dylan Brooks, the latest random scrub heat killer. He's a little better than that, but still shouldn't be scoring 23 in the third. Finished with 28. Valanchunas had a huge first half, finished with 20 and 10. And Kyle Anderson with 19, 7, and 6. Memphis missing several players, including Brandon Clark and, of course, Justice Winslow, because we sort of assume that. Uh, they still score 124. The Heat get 28-3-5 and five from Butler. They get 18-10-10 from Bam, his second triple-double of the season. 16 points and a team best, plus 18. Oh, I'm sorry, that's a minus 18. That's not team best. I was reading that wrong. 16 points and six rebounds from Victor Oladipo, 14 from Duncan Robinson, 19 from Tyler Hero on the, off the bench, and Goran Dragic with nine off the bench, but we're going to talk about him a little bit later. But the big story here, and I've just got Alex tonight. Greg will be back with us tomorrow on Floor Yours. The big story tonight, Alex, is, and I saw our, our guy, Nikias Duncan, uh, tweeted this out. You know, the Heat kind of forced the Grizzlies to take a ton of corner threes, which is not typically the strategy in the modern NBA to get teams to take the shortest, easiest three-point shot. But Memphis is not a great three-point shooting team, but it backfired big time tonight. Uh, Memphis ended up 17 of 41 from three. So they pick up 51 points on three balls alone, shooting 42% from three, 55% 
overall. Eric Spolster addressed it after the game, but what did you think of the strategy? So the strategy, I mean, there's nothing new with it. Like we've been talking about it. They they continued either blitzing and trapping or just straight up switching Bam onto Jaw, which is more of the case tonight. And when you do that, uh, like Bam is an awesome perimeter defender. Like I talked about another podcast, he's a cheat code because you can take out guys like you can do all types of different defensive coverages if you want to take out specific guys. And look, I think this was a, a bet on trying to take Jaw out of his rhythm. And I guess they did a good job at that because everybody else was scoring except Jaw. And what happens was I just think they did a poor job of executing the actual system tonight. Like they had to, you know, they had to send help at Jonas Valanciunas every single time he got a mismatch because that guy is just a, you know, a giant. And it, the corner threes are coming over and over and over again. I think guys were getting beat off the dribble a lot. And I think we might have jinxed it with that last episode we did on, on the defense because like they had just been executing, you know, different complex coverages so well. And like the rotations were so crisp and tonight was the complete opposite. Like it was just over and over and over. And not only did the Grizzlies kill it from the three, they also killed it inside. So it was like, it, it, pick your poison. That was the whole thing tonight. And like, I like that you mentioned uh, Nikias' tweet because that was really just kind of the summary of the game where he, he said in his tweet, you know, the Grizzlies 90, 95% of the time are playing against a drop and taking uh, kind of contested floaters and shots that they don't really want to take. Whereas tonight they were, they were able to kind of find open looks over and over again. You talk about Ja. Ja really struggled tonight, and then he got hurt late, or I thought he should have been taken out a little before that. But but let me ask you this question, because a lot of this is as a result of sort of trying to overcompensate in some areas. Okay, so we talk about Valanchunas. It's pretty clear that that the bigger bigs are going to give the Heat some problems, that, that Bam is elite at guarding all types of different players, but the, the real physical guys – tend to be the ones that give him the most trouble. And he was seven of nine from the floor tonight. He made one three, but otherwise did a lot of his damage inside. Okay. But the other thing that, that has been a consistent problem for the heat has been the point guards and particularly breaking down the defense. But that's one of the reasons that you got Oladipo and, you know, Ja ended up tonight. I mean, I'm just looking at the numbers. He was three of eight from the floor. I mean, I picked him in prize picks, which is probably why this happened. Just three of eight from the floor, zero of four from three it seemed like Vic was doing a good enough job sort of handling him alone. I'm just wondering. We just didn't get to see it enough. Now where you, well, right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, are we at the stage now where like they shouldn't be overcompensating in that area? You know what I mean? Like they still have an issue against like multiple bigs inside real physical bigs uh, and height because they don't have a ton of height, obviously beyond Bam and Bam's asked to do so many things with the switching, with everything else, with getting on the shooters. But like, I feel like there's there's too much compensation going on at the you know to make up for the point of attack when the point of attack really shouldn't be as big an issue right now. Well, I don't think it's just about the point of attack, but it is a good point though because like you said, Oladipo is here, and I think now would be just a good time to see him get these defensive reps on really good point guards. And I think the times that he did cover Jaw, he did a pretty good job in general, of just kind of following along with him, sticking in front of him. And obviously, I, I do. I think Bam can cover a jaw. But like you said, it just leaves, you know, some of these other spots just vulnerable, especially when you're over helping. And if the help doesn't come in the right time and, you know, that's really important because you can you can run a, a, the same coverage game after game after game. But it doesn't matter if you're not executing it properly. Like it's just it's all about timing. I feel like in the NBA game when things are just happening so quick, guys are firing off the pass as soon as they see the coverage. And look like 
it was not there tonight. I just think guys were late, whether it was helping early, helping late. And it ends up with, shout out to Cooper Moorhead, with Memphis going 11 of 15 from the corners and 16 of 20 at the rim. And I just think that's a result of, you know, completely mis-executing the coverage. 11 of 15 from the corners. I mean, again, it is the shortest. The team that's in the top, I mean, I'm sorry, in the bottom 10 in true shooting and offensive rating. And it wasn't just, look, Desmond Bain is, is, is proven to be a pretty elite three point shooter. And I know he's a guy we liked before the draft, you know, as Boy, a rookie, but some of the guys that were make, yeah, Oh my God, well, he, he's going to be a good player, but like some of the guys that were making those shots, I mean, you know, again, sometimes you just chalk it up and you say, you know, this happens. Okay. Some teams get hot. Every, every NBA team is capable of a game like this, where they sort of play above the expectations in a certain area. But with that said, like, I don't know. It felt like the overhelping, uh, you know, some some of the zoning. Up. I, sometimes I just want to see them guard their own man I, the, without the soft switching. Without, and I know it's a crazy time to be talking about this because, again, we just did a long breakdown about how good their defense has been. So I don't want to totally overreact to it. I think on the pregame, Greg and I were talking about how and Brady and I were talking about sort of how this is not a great matchup for them. Um, so I, I don't think this was a total surprise, but I don't know. The consistency of it and sort of never adjusting to it was a little frustrating. I, the second half of this episode, I want to focus on Goran Dragic with you. Okay. But for right now, what else jumped out to you? Cause I mean, Bam, Bam was really impressive at certain stages of the game and ended up with a triple double, but there wasn't enough impact in the second half. Jimmy put up numbers, but if there was never kind of an empty numbers game from Jimmy, it was sort of this. It's, I felt he took a long time to take over. And again, without getting into Dragic here, cause I want to save that. Duncan got off to a decent start, but had some foul trouble. I thought Hero looked pretty good. But Oladipo, um, I felt he trusted – the one positive tonight was I felt he trusted his body a little bit more than we saw in the first couple of games. He seemed to be playing a little bit more instinctually. What did you see there at the arena? I mean, Depot is still struggling as a shooter. He had that one three that he made in rhythm that I thought looked really good. Like, he just caught it off the catch and shot it confidently, right? There wasn't, no, there wasn't any type of hesitation, and that was good. And I, I liked how he was getting to the rim pretty much at will. And like you said, he's just been kind of aggressive fitting in into that complimentary role that he's in. Now, I do think the minutes where he was playing with Goran without Jimmy, and I'm still talking about Vic here, were kind of a mess. I think that's where where the Grizzlies started getting hot. I mean, they weren't able to create good looks. They weren't able to score. I've just really liked what I've seen from Depot as like a complimentary guy more than anything. I don't think he's done a great job of like creating offense, uh, you know, as a pick and roll guy, but he gets Bam rolling to the rim and he's done a really good job of finding shooters in general. So I like that he's still getting there. He got to the line six times tonight, which is really, really good just because uh, I don't think that he got to the line as much as they wanted to tonight in general. And I think that's one of the things that Depot uh, is going to actually really help with in the playoffs as long as he can keep getting to that line. I mean, I thought Bam played a great game offensively, but the whole team was just out of it felt like they were out of sync, especially like kind of like midway through the second quarter when that run first started. And just I, I'm so mad that I had to be in person for the Dylan Brooks game because every single shot he made was just like so frustrating to watch. Like it doesn't look like it should ever go in. And and then he was just making plays. It was just a frustrating, frustrating game to watch where it's usually been the offense is a problem. and The defense is crisp. The defense was not crisp tonight and the offense definitely was not great by any means. But I think we saw some positives there just because Vic and Jimmy can kind of get to the rim at will and create stuff from there. Uh, and although it's still a question, I just, man, tonight was tough to watch. 
Yeah, I mean, you can always tell when it's tough to watch for Spolstra because those are the only games he ever picks up technicals. Uh, and, you know, he, he late in the game, he was frustrated with something that happened with Valentine. And the media, his media session like, ended so quick. I don't know if, he, if it's ever ended that quick before. Yeah, well, it has, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, on nights like this, it might. I, I, I feel like, you know, he just wanted to get the hell out of there too because man. they didn't, yeah, they, they just didn't execute what he wanted to do. And I think at a certain point, I mean, they got the game down and we're going to talk about Dragic in a second, but they got the game down to three, I think on a Dragic three, and it just went. And in part because of that Oladipo foul, which, you know, with a flagrant one, which led to what a five or six point possession. And they, they, they just couldn't get back up. And, and essentially that's what happened tonight. All right. We're going to, I want to talk about Goran a little bit because we haven't focused on him much. I want to devote five minutes to him after the break. Before we do though, I want to tell you about our friends over at Seltzer Mayberg. We tell you about them all the time because they'll take care of your traffic tickets. You got to slip and fall personal injury, any of that stuff. They're the best. They're there in North Miami, just South of the golden glades off I-95 beautiful offices down there. And they can help you 24 seven at one, calllegal.com that's o-n-e calllegal.com but also they do real estate law and they can also handle your refinance so if you want to get the low price of 295 bucks reach out to them at seltzer mayberg or give them a call at 305-444-1565 that's 305-444-1565 mention five reasons you'll get that 295 dollars closing fee on all purchases and refinances again that's 305 305- 444-1565. Make sure you have an attorney-owned title company handle your contract and closing. Makes it much easier for you. They can also handle all of your other legal needs. You're going to divorce, car accident, slip and fall, immigration. They can do it for you at Seltzer Mayberg. Everything's in-house and they're ready to help you with it, whatever you may need an attorney for. So again, one call legal, O-N-E, calllegal.com. Let's get to Goran Dragic. Um, he is one of our favorites, obviously. I think for he, all Heat fans, all Heat observers, everybody loves Goran. Everybody respects Goran in terms of you know the way he's come back from that injury last year. But we talked about it even after that 20-point fourth quarter he had. He's just not getting to the rim anymore. He's, he's not getting past anybody. Um, defensively, he competes, but he's, he seems to be even a step slower you know, even tonight he had the three threes, so the numbers looked okay. But again, everything is you know step backs. There's just there's nothing sort of going to the basket anymore. I, I Kendrick Nunn didn't play again. When do we get to the point, Alex, where it makes sense to play Nunn or Vincent more and Dragic less? I've been told he's not going to play both both sets of back to backs or both ends of back to backs and all that already. But does it make sense to have more of a shutdown of him? so that he gets to the playoffs and you just hope he's a little more explosive than he is now. Definitely makes sense. And, you know, we've kind of hinted it throughout uh, other pods this season. Now they really have the depth and, you know, picking up another uh, off the dribble playmaker and Victor Oladipo to kind of take the stress off of him. And cause it really felt like they could not be without him before. Right. And, you know, not saying they still can't use his offense, but you're right. Like he just doesn't have that same burst that he had last year in the bubble where he just looked really spry and healthy and, like, I still like him as a guy who can operate in the pick and roll. He's still good at that. That's That was their bread and butter. That was one of their three, you know, like kind of pet plays in the bubble that got him to the finals was that Goran Dragic, bam, pick and roll. And I still think it's effective, but I just don't think it's at that level that it was last year where it was like, well, it's tough to stop, especially when you've got your shooters, you know, hitting at such high rates. I don't think Goran, even with a screen, gets to the rim like he used to. And again, off the screen, which is kind of problematic because that's the kind of the whole point of it. Like even Tyler gets to the rim off a screen 
And uh, also, Goran isn't hitting that jumper at the same rate he was last season. So I just think he's ha- he's had kind of an overall decline. I think it does make sense to uh, sit him out some games and play Kendrick. Obviously, you, you know how I feel about Kendrick. Uh, it's, I'm not exactly super high on him, but I just think it makes sense because I think you have enough guys who can set up for him and just kind of make it work. Because I think, like, if you really want this team to get far in the playoffs, Goran needs to be feeling 100% or as close to that. And it doesn't, it, he doesn't look like it right now. Yeah, he doesn't look like it at all. I mean, I, th- I think we know what a spry Goran Dragic looks like. And I, I don't, I don't know whether, you know, t- I don't know. It's just a product of age at this point. I, I think it's, it may just be more of a product of, and one of these things we may hear about after the season, which is that maybe he came back a little too soon. Um, there was a lot of burden put on his body during the playoffs last year before he had the injury. And then the short then turnaround the injury, short turnaround. We thought it was going to be at the very least, you know, several weeks before he'd even be working out again. It was much quicker than that. They didn't have a full training camp. Um, and then he, he hasn't really been able to get his rhythm. So we thought maybe he could get his legs with some of the time that he missed, but it just hasn't happened. I, I don't want to count him out because I mean, he's a tough SOB man. And I, I do, you know, I think everybody's rooting for him. But I've seen this story before, and he's already kind of changed his game a little bit to become more of a three-point shooter. So that transition was happening, but he also had the threat of being able to get to the basket, and he was an elite finisher at one point. I, I, I don't, I can't. I'm gonna look at the numbers tomorrow, Alex. But I, I don't think the drive numbers are there. I, they, I, and I don't, I don't think it's just because of who he's playing with. I just, it just doesn't seem like he's getting past anybody anymore, um, and that's. That's a little distressing. He can't He's turn also the corner. Agent. Yeah, he can't turn the corner. Exactly. All right. Check out our sponsors again. Seltzer Mayberg, onecalllegal.com. Best ever, B-S-T-E-V-R.com. Thanks to Alex. Greg will be back with us tomorrow. We'll do a floor is yours as well. Play prize picks. Use the code five. Don't take John Morant. I took John Morant tonight. I also took Trey Young. That worked out better. Welcome, Dwayne Debman, by the way. Oh, welcome, Dwayne. Yeah, we talked about it on the pregame. We'll get out to tomorrow. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.